Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Guys, I'm officially on tour. I am so excited to hang out with you, but I need you to know this tour is a little different than anything you might have heard me or seen me do before. Still love Jesus, but I cuss a little, and that's what's gonna happen tonight, so get ready. Usually when I speak publicly, it's about how to grow and become a better version of yourself, and yes, I want to talk about that. Don't tell me that you can't do difficult things because that is one teeny tiny example of something that men will never have to deal with. But more than anything, I want to laugh. It's honestly been a really hard year for me and my kids. I just want to tell stories with my friends and laugh until we pee our pants a little bit. The second thing we're going to do is a live Q&A. Oh yeah, no, if you raise your hands, like you're in. <laughs> we get to learn and understand more about ourselves when we hear someone else's stories. The third thing that's different about this tour is that Every single location has a bar. I wanted to have a girls' night out. I wanted to have a place where you could get your sister, call your mama, get your neighbor from down the street, and you could come out and you could have a glass of cheap wine and you could watch a show and laugh and have fun and meet new people. The fourth thing, don't bring your husband. Yeah, don't, I said it. If you got a husband that will laugh about period jokes, bikini waxes, mom stories, bring them on down. If you're not sure if your man thinks that's funny, he doesn't. Come by yourself and make friends. Treat yourself to a night where you are dating you. It's gonna be a lot of fun. That is my number one intention with this tour is that I want to have fun and I know that we will. So check out the show notes to get a link to upcoming cities. Put the word out. Love you. I'll see you soon. For Hannah and for anybody else who needs to hear someone say this today, what is best for your children and your family is for you to have a life that is the most fulfilling, the most joy, the most happiness. That's what's best for them. And I know that someone out there is like, oh, so if what would give me the most joy is to drink champagne on a yacht and not see my kids for two months, that that's what's best for them. No, Karen, 
That's not what I'm saying. Anybody who is worrying about whether or not they're a good mom probably is. Because people who are crappy parents are not worrying about how they're showing up for their kids. So the very fact that you're concerned about this means I'm sure you're doing the very best that you can. But I am telling you that pouring into yourself and giving yourself grace and giving yourself what you need is what's best. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of Ask Rach, where people call in from all over the world and ask me questions. They leave it on the podcast hotline, which if you are interested in asking a question, you're going to hit up 737-400-4626. You can leave a voicemail like an old school answering machine. You can keep it totally anonymous and you can ask about anything. I opened up the spreadsheet that the team makes me and y'all have gone pretty hardcore. And by hardcore, I just mean the amount of people calling to ask questions lately is awesome. And I have just this wild, delicious choice of literally we can talk about anything. But I'm going to start this episode with a question from a dude. The team puts in parentheses when it's a dude. And this has only happened twice. And I just want to encourage you. Boys, I know you listen. So if you listen, call in. Pretend I'm your big sister and I'm just happy to answer what you got going on and also know that this audience of millions of women want nothing more than to hear what's happening. How are you? So let's listen to this question from this dude. And as always, I'm not going to listen to it in advance. You and I are going to hear it at the same time. So my answers are just whatever occurs to me in the moment. Hey, Rach, Harley in Tucson. Been listening to you for a while and been successful at other things, shifting into being a content creator. And I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around that as my profession. And it's kind of like I've been other things. I've been a realtor. I know how to be successful at other things. I follow roadmaps, people like you. But when I say content creator, am, am I truly trying to find the roadmap of success from Mr. Beast? Uh, I'm following what you're doing. But you, you see what I mean? It's like I fear that if I say to everybody I'm a content creator, I'll just be like one of the rest or, you know, those kind of things. I call myself the shade tree economist, and I just feel it's my job and my calling to add clarity to people like you and people that are out there in the world, add tips and tools. They're just the way I see them. But tell me how to become a creator. 
Thank you. Love you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, Harley in Tucson. I love this question. It, it takes me in about 10 directions. So just go with my mind right now and how it works. Number one, anytime you start out doing something new, you are, quote, one of the rest. And Harley, I don't think you're the only one who has this fear of other people being like, oh, of course they want to be a YouTuber. Of course they want to do a podcast. Of course they want to write a book. Yeah, for sure there are going to be people in your life or maybe people on the internet that have that reaction when you stick your flag in the ground and say that this is who you are and this is what you do. But guess what? You have a 0% chance of succeeding unless you stick your flag in the ground and say, this is what you want and this is what you're doing. But I do feel like there are some ways to ease in that are a little different than maybe what you see some of the like bro kind of creators tell you to do. So the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to focus on the content. Content is queen. Content is everything and it always has been everything. And as far as I know, it always will be everything. This is the piece that 99.9% of people get wrong. People get super fired up about like naming a podcast, getting the title, telling everyone that they're a podcast host now, creating a Facebook page, creating an Instagram page. Like they do all this stuff around the project, but don't actually do the project. I'm going to keep for sure misquoting this, but it is really close to what the actual truth is. I heard recently that something like 2%, that's 2% of podcasts will ever record more than 10 episodes. 2%. So that means if you want to be in the upper 98 percentile of all podcasts, you got to record 11 shows. It's really on a lot of levels way simpler than people realize it is. It's you showing up consistently again and again, over and over, forever and ever, and building an audience and a community and allowing the work to become better because you're spending more time doing it. But I'm getting off track. Let me come back to the content. I want you, number one, to figure out what kind of content you want to talk about. Now, since you're just starting, I would recommend for you or anybody else that you don't try and do 10 different things. When you've been around a little bit longer, you can be like, I am the shade tree economist. I talk about the economy and also I'm a long distance runner and also I'm a dad and also I do these six other things. When you've been around a little bit longer, expand the conversation. But when you're first starting out, I think it's distracting to building an audience and it's distracting to you. You want to make it as easy as possible for you to create content. So pick a theme, pick a lane, pick a lane, get in that lane, start going down the lane. Now, let me tell you a really simple way to come up with content. You guys are going to laugh. You're going to think this is stupid, but the amount of times that I've been like, oh, dang, I got to do a podcast episode or I have to create an ad or I've got to do something. I've been doing this since 2008. It's a very long time to be creating content. And in that time, if I ever run out of an idea, I will randomly select a letter from the alphabet. I swear. So Harley, for you, you want to talk about the economy. 
letter G. I, I picked a random letter. Can you think of something that starts with a letter G that you could use as a theme to talk about the economy? Now, I don't, we're picking a topic I'm not super familiar with. So I'm going to go with like goals, grants, guarantees, gold, golfing. No, not golfing, but you get my point. The next letter, H. Okay, let's talk about the housing market. Let's talk about high interest rates. Let's talk about other things that start with H. Clearly, I don't know a lot about the economy or how to talk about the economy, but let me show you how I would do it with what I do, personal development. M. Let's talk about mindset. Let's talk about mastery. Let's talk about being manipulated by other people. Let's talk about N, new. Let's talk about new year, new you. Let's talk about never giving up. Let's talk about no is not the final answer. Like I could do this forever. I could literally pick random letters in the alphabet and then ask myself within my own category, is there something that I can speak to about that topic? So that's an easy way for you to think of conversation starters that you can make content about. Because I think that's where people struggle the most. They run out of ideas. A couple of years ago, I had the absolute pleasure of going to Nashville to collaborate and write some songs. And I was being brought in as the writer. I was the lyricist. And then someone else in the room was the person who created the melodies and the harmonies and made the music. And together we would, we would write songs. I was working with a new group. And one of the women in the group, I sat down and how these sessions typically go, they're like, okay, who's got ideas? And I opened my notebook and I was like, oh, don't worry, I never run out of ideas. And this woman was a little bit older and she was like, don't worry, you will. And for a second, I like took that in because she's been a songwriter a lot longer than I had. I was just brand new to this. But then sometimes people will speak a truth over you, but it's their truth, not yours. And in that moment, I was like, no. And I said, actually, I just got to push back on you. I will not run out of ideas. I don't even want that hanging in the air around me. I will never run out of creative ideas because I never have. I have been writing every day, literally every day I have been creating content since 2008. Since 2008. So at this point, it's like, it's my normal. It's my comfort zone. It's my stasis. You came in here right now and you're like, Rachel, quick, we need a keynote about whales. I'd be like, let's go. I don't know a lot about whales, but I know a lot about coming up with ideas across a theme. And I have absolute confidence in myself that I can create something and have content available with a moment's notice. And hardly, it's going to be the same for you. But you have to focus almost exclusively on creating great content, even if in the beginning, nobody's listening to it. Content never dies. You're going to create stuff that like two people are going to listen and one of them is your best friend, right? They're required to listen because they want to support you. But just because they're not listening now doesn't mean they won't listen in the future. Content is, the back catalog is everything. Think of Kate Bush. 
Kate Bush, if you guys aren't familiar, is a very successful singer-songwriter. She's been around forever and ever and ever, but wasn't as well-known here in the U.S., hugely popular in the U.K., not as well-known in the U.S. And then last year on Stranger Things, they played one of her old songs, Running Up That Hill. And you all heard it because it was number one on the charts forever and ever, every week. That song's probably still playing on your radio station right now. Do you know how old that song is? Decades old. I sat in here the other day with Bernie Toppin. He's the lyricist for Elton John. He's written every freaking Elton John song you love. He wrote Tiny Dancer. He wrote Candle in the Wind. He wrote everything. And when he was sitting here, he was like, oh yeah, none of those songs were hit when they came out. They weren't a hit until decades later. We obsess over the content because we think, oh, people have to listen to this or it's not relevant. No, man, you got to make it or it's not relevant. So I want you to focus on content, content, content. That's number one. What the heck are you going to talk about? Number two, how are you going to talk about it? What is your particular medium? Are you a podcast host? Are you a writer? Are you a blogger? Are you a YouTuber? Are you a keynote speech? Like, what are you into and what is your proposed medium to get the message out into the world? I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, 
Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas? The food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Perhaps you're like, oh, I'm a podcast host and I have a YouTube and I did it. That's amazing. But if you're a mighty team of one, which most content creators are when they first start out, Pick a, pick a lane, pick a content lane and pick a platform lane. You guys might notice that I put out podcasts on all the places you put a podcast out. And in terms of social media, I'm really only present on Instagram. Why? Because I want to do my own social media. That's important to me that you know I'm the one doing it. And I only have the capacity to do one. I don't have the capacity to do all the other things. Maybe someday there'll be a team and people can help me. But for the foreseeable future, you really can only find me regularly on Instagram. And that's okay. I promise I'm crushing it on only one platform. The internet would have you believe that you got to be in every place all the time, every single day, every single hour in order to break out. That is just fundamentally not true. In fact, I think that people will obsess over the quantity instead of the quality of the content. And across the board, I can tell you whenever in my career I've started to obsess about quantity, oh, I got to get more, I got to get more. Oh, if we, you know, we got 100,000 listens on this episode, if I just launch another one this week, that's another 100,000 episodes. It doesn't work like that, at least not in my world. In my world, I see my ability to create great stuff diminish the more that I do. So I'm really intentional about only creating at the level that I feel like I can still do a great job for you. Back to this conversation, Harley, I want you to pick the content that you're going to talk about. I want you to pick the medium that you're going to talk about it in. And then I want you to go hard for 18 months. I want you to put your head down and do the work for 18 months. However you decide to release your content, I want you to release it same day, same time, every single week without fail. If you're like, I'm doing five days a week, fantastic. But only commit to what you can pull off consistently for 18 months. If you put your head down and focus on quality content for 18 months, you will be shocked. You will be shocked at what will happen. The internet is filled with people who are looking for the next hack. They're looking for the next trick. They're trying to figure out how to market content that is not that good. I think we've all experienced this, right? You've decided to sign up for a course or coaching or you looked into a person when you really got in, when you really got under the hood of the car, you were like, oh, this is kind of crap. It's kind of crap. It's not that great. And it's not that great because they were an incredible marketer, but 
the quality of the content they were providing wasn't very good. And if we just flip that model, if we obsessed over the content, I swear to you, the audience will come. I swear the money will come. I swear the success will come because you're great. Not because you're on the internet every day telling people that you're a content creator. And you said in the beginning, you were like joking. You said, you know, what am I supposed to model myself after Mr. Beast? Yeah, you should. Because there literally isn't anybody working on the internet today that has so passionately and perfectly figured out a single lane, YouTube. He obsessed over it. He learned everything about every algorithm. He was super smart. He went all in in one area, got great at it, and then expanded from there. We can all learn something from Mr. Beast. I know you were joking, but I do think it's an incredible person to model. I think Gary Vee has some really inspiring things to say. If you don't already follow him on social, you totally should because I think he'll inspire you to just start doing something and see what happens. But he and I share a very similar vision in that you just got to do the work and you got to not worry about what anyone thinks about you doing the work because if they're not into the content, they're not who the content is for. Let me say it again. If they're not into the content you're creating, doesn't mean the content's bad. Doesn't mean that you suck. It means that it wasn't for them. There are lots of people who hate personal development. They get real fired up about it. And it's easy to let that into your head if you're in this space where like, oh, okay, I guess I shouldn't talk about working on yourself or I guess I shouldn't talk about pushing past your comfort zone. I guess I shouldn't talk about these things. I used to worry a lot about that earlier in my career. Oh no, this person's upset. They don't like it when I say that sometimes you have to push through the tension or you got to push through the pain to get to the other side. They don't like that. And so maybe I should, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's not for them. That conversation wasn't for them because there are many people who are like, oh, dang, girl, thank you so much for that podcast episode. I heard it right when I needed it. I have so many, like you guys, countless, countless people have come up to me over the last five years, airports, Starbucks, grocery shopping with my kids, walking down the street, so many people stop me and they will tell me a very specific piece of content, a podcast episode, an Instagram reel, a chapter in the book. They'll tell me a very specific moment and they'll tell me how that piece of content absolutely helped them to make change, help them to leave an abusive marriage, help them to build their business to the next level, help them in all these different ways. I am super lucky in that I have that feedback. But I guarantee for every person who had this profound experience with my content, there's someone else on the internet who's like, she's the worst. I hate her. Her hair is frizzy. She has rosacea. She sucks. She's fake. Like the litany of people who also don't like it is very long. If you want to be a content creator, I hope at the very core of what you're trying to do is a person you're trying to help. In everything you do, you want to keep that person at the center of your heart. Where does that person consume content? Well, that's a hell of a place for you to put content out. 
What does this person need to hear? How do they need to be encouraged? How can I be helpful to them today? Keep that at the center of your heart. Put your head down, do the work. I promise you, you'll see it explode. And you don't need to let everybody know. You don't need to take out an Instagram ad and let people know this is what you do now. Let the work tell them what you do. Let the success tell them who you are. Good question, Harley, and good luck. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay, this one says that it's about motherhood, but specifically it's about motherhood within the bounds of a career and judging yourself. So it feels kind of aligned with a conversation we just had with Harley. Not exactly the same thing, but definitely some connection here. So let's listen and see what Hannah has to say. Hi, Rach. My name's Hannah, and I've been listening to you or reading your books when I was first pregnant with my son, and now I'm pregnant with my second son. With this second pregnancy, my husband and I have decided to really focus on paying off credit card debt and have the possibility of me staying home with our children instead of sending them to daycare. And when I was being raised, I was always told the women should be staying home and shouldn't be out working and the men should be bringing in the money and whatnot. And I've always resented that concept since I've been an adult. And I'm really excited to spend all of this extra time with my kids. But I'm also a little afraid that I'm going to be resentful of myself of kind of succumbing to that 
lifestyle for a short period in my life while they are not of school age yet. And I was wondering if you had any advice to give, or I know it's more of like an internal battle that I'm going to have to figure out, but I know you come from a religious perspective, and I'm sure you've met other women that have similar concepts of that. So, and I plan to go back into marketing after the kids are all grown up in, in school, but if you have any words of knowledge, I would appreciate it. All right. We'll be listening. All right, Hannah. Of course, I have some thoughts. You can be the one who decides if they're words of wisdom. I heard Oprah say once that if you don't have to make a decision right now, then don't. I know that's not what the world tells us. They're like, you have to know everything and map it out and have a vision and like beat, 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 like know all the things that are going to happen next. But there's a lot of faith involved and a lot of courage involved in just being present in where you are right now. So for instance, I don't know if you currently have a job that you are going to have to quit in order to make this decision, or if you're already staying home, I don't really know the context of where you find yourself right in this moment. But if I were you, I would, number one, spend some time sitting with both ideas. Spend some time imagining what it's like to continue to go to work and put both of the kids into daycare and you continue to have a job and you continue to parent the way that it sounds like you have been. So spend some time sitting with that, thinking about that. What would that be like? And I think for you or anyone else who finds yourself in this situation, assuming that this baby is a similar vibe to their sibling, meaning that like they don't have colic, there isn't some other pressing issue, then you have to assume it's going to be a lot like it was last time, but hopefully a little bit easier. I know that is maybe counterintuitive. If you only have one baby and you're about to have another one, I think the instinct is like, oh, this is about to get crazy. But I actually found that the second baby was much easier strictly from the perspective of being able to bounce back into our routine. He was a much more difficult baby. Don't get me wrong. But I knew what I was doing. There was a lot less fear. We had a routine already. So that process to me felt easier. So I'd love for you to sit with the idea, knowing what you know from the last pregnancy, delivery, healing process, raising that baby, getting to sleep through the night. Apply that to two kids and continuing to work. And then spend some time thinking about what it would be like if you were to stay home. Potentially controversial opinion that I have about this is I think that I am a better mother because I work, period. And I know a lot of women who feel the same way. Now, P.S., most of all society accepts the idea that a dude is a better dad because he gets to, quote, escape, because he gets to go be a grown-up, because he gets to go do the things that he's passionate about. We're very accepting that that idea is true, but we don't give the same grace to women because obviously every woman should want to only be with her children 24 hours a day. I think that there are people who were made, like they, it was just 
exactly what they wanted, exactly what their creator had in mind for them to be stay-at-home parents. We all know those people. But most of the women I know want some variation that doesn't look like only being inside the home all day with the kids. I know stay-at-home parents who still have activities that they do regularly. They've got a set schedule, so they have time to get out of the house. They have a babysitter who comes. It's irrational to think that you can go from the life that you had where you did all these things and you had this career and you had these ideals about who you were going to be and how you're going to show up, to flip that 180 degrees, it would be irrational to think that that could happen without some tension. Now, tension isn't bad. Tension can just be something that you work through on the way to discovering that being a stay-at-home mama for the next five years actually is your dream. And that's awesome. But until you know for sure, just hold it loosely. Like Oprah said, don't make a decision if you don't have to. Just allow yourself to try this thing and allow yourself permission to try it and be three months in and be like, oh, dang, I actually hate this. Or you know what? I don't want to go back full time, but I need something in the middle. I need to go volunteer at the library or I want to go be a barista. You guys know this is like my secret dream in life is just to go be a barista. (laughs) I mean, just think about it. You make coffee all day. You get to meet cool people. I mean, you're spreading caffeine. So it's like you're spreading love. It's just a secret dream of mine. But maybe you find something that hits in the middle. It's not full time, but it allows you to have some of the experience you want to have while still being home for the kids. There are a million roads that will lead to Rome in this instance. And whatever you decide to do, It will be the only thing your kids know. Whatever you decide to do, it will be the only thing your kids know. My kids only know a world where I travel. They only know a world where I travel for work. It is so normal in our family as to be boring. And every once in a while, I'm like, oh, this is going to throw them off or they're going to be confused. No, they're totally fine because it's happened one million times. They just think this is what moms do. It's only when we internalize other people's opinions and we start to feel guilt and shame that we then bring that anxiety and bring that vibration to our parenting process with our kids. For Hannah and for anybody else who needs to hear someone say this today, what is best for your children and your family is for you to have a life that is the most fulfilling, the most joy, the most happiness. That's what's best for them. And I know that someone out there is like, oh, so if what would give me the most joy is to drink champagne on a yacht and not see my kids for two months, that that's what's best for them. No, Karen, that's not what I'm saying. Anybody who is worrying about whether or not they're a good mom probably is. Because people who are crappy parents are not worrying about how they're showing up for their kids. So the very fact that you're concerned about this means I'm sure You're doing the very best that you can. But I am telling you that pouring into yourself and giving yourself grace and giving yourself what you need is what's best. And again, I feel like this is another potentially controversial thing I'm about to say, but I don't think that you should ever make a decision about what your life is going to be based on will save money on childcare. Childcare is hella expensive, but 
I think the way to shift it is how do I create so much value for myself that people want to pay me a wage that is so fantastic that I don't worry about the cost of daycare because my salary covers it over and above. Or I'm going to focus on finding a job that has a daycare as part of the job community. Or I'm going to manifest that my neighbor down the street is in a similar situation. She works two days a week. I work three days a week and we watch each other's kids on those days. Like there are solutions to get you to the place that you want to go that don't involve you giving up your career to save some money on childcare. Whenever we're sort of bumping up against not being able to find a solution, it's not because the solution isn't there. It's because you're not asking the right questions. So potentially you don't know yet where you wanna go or how you wanna show up in this next chapter. And if that's the case, just allow yourself to flow with it and make the next right decision that you have to make for wherever you are this week. The other alternative is you know what you want. That's the other alternative, Hannah. You know for a fact that your best case scenario is like, I do this, I pursue this career in marketing, I have that, that, that. The kids are in a great program, they're loving it, they're happy, they're fulfilled. I get my chance to go be who I am. Then I get to come back and be the greatest parent for them that I can possibly be because my cup is filled up. If that's your best case scenario, then number one, say that it is your best case scenario and find a way to get there. Say to your partner, you know what? I actually spent a lot of time thinking about this and I really don't want to stay at home. I'm pretty worried about what that would feel like. Or, hey, you know what? I only want to stay home for six months. And then I really, it's very important to me. I really want to get back out there, even if it's part time. You, Hannah, need to come up with what you, Hannah, want. And I don't think you should allow your partner to weigh in on that. Allow them to weigh in when you know what it is that you want. But if we sit with someone else and we're like, what should we do? I get it. I know I'm saying something that's ruffling feathers because people are like, wait a minute. If you're in a great partnership, like you should, t- you should figure it out together. Yes, you should figure it out together. But only if you and your partner have done enough therapy that you won't try and project your wants onto them. Because it is human nature for us to want from the other person what will make our life easier. It's true. Even if you're not conscious of it, you will try and guide the other person to make the choice that's easiest for you. So it's why we as individuals, especially if you are a woman, especially if you were raised to be a good girl, especially if you were raised to be a carer, to be a people pleaser, which most of us were, if that's you, then it is crucial that you do some prayer, some meditation, go take a drive and listen to music, just have some time by yourself to think through what you want and then have the courage to say to your partner, you know what? This is what I want. And I don't know how we're going to get there. We can ask a thousand questions till we get to the right solution. Let's at least start with where we want to go. Because if we're not careful 
and we don't know where we want to go, we will allow ourselves to be guided by other people, by our family of origin, by what society tells us. There are too many mamas, especially, who are burnt out because there's no passion in their life, because they have nothing in their life other than the people they take care of. Think about it. How many of you, if you're being honest with yourself, you're like, yeah, I take care of my husband. I take care of these kids. Every once in a while, I do a girl's night once every four months. But day in, day out, your life revolves around caring for other people. It's not a healthy way to live. Your life has to also involve self-care. And self-care for some of us looks like we got to get out of the house. We got to put on a real bra. We don't want to, but we need to hoist these boobies up. And we need to be around other adults. We need to be in creative environments. We need to be in a place where we can feel excited and passionate so that we can bring the best of ourselves home to our family. It might not be what people, you know, prefer, but it's also what's best for us. The last thing I'm going to say in today's Ask Rach episode is that I did see quite a lot of voicemails in here from people asking about menopause. And I get it. You know I'm the hormone girl. I want to talk about hormones with y'all all day. But I also want to be the first person to tell you when I am not the right chick to ask. So I am only ever going to talk to you guys about things that I have some experience in. And if I don't have experience in it, I want to send you to someone who does. So for all of you who are asking about menopause, the two places or the two people I would love to recommend is, talked about her endlessly, but Maisie Hill. Maisie Hill wrote Period Power. And I don't know what it's called, but she wrote a follow-up book that was all about menopause. I promise you that when I go into menopause, that's the first book that I'm grabbing. The second person, I want to make sure you guys know about Dr. Christine Northrup. She's been around forever and ever and has a bajillion books that you can read. But I really like how she talks about women's health and working through things. And menopause is a big part of her work. So I think that those are the places to start. Overall, I just want to encourage any of you who feel like you are dealing with hormones or menopause or anything that's causing your moods, your weight, your skin, just all sorts of things to fluctuate. I want to empower each and every one of us to understand that there are things that you can do that will make you feel better. They're really simple. They're natural. It's about diet. It's about lifestyle. It's about a handful of supplements that can really, really help. I'm not again, in the place in my life where I know about like hormone replacement or any of it. I don't know that stuff yet, but there are people who do. There are people much smarter than I, so I want you to check them out. Maisie Hill, Christine Northrup, and take care of yourself because hormones can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And if you don't work in partnership with them, chances are it's going to be the latter. All right, guys, the hotline is 737-400-4626. If you have a question about anything, I would love to answer it for you. I'll be back soon with more information. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced 
by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.